find our way an unofficial silver spoons podcast how's everyone doing this october i'm doing good i'm a little under the weather right now but hopefully i'm on the mend now as i said when i completed season three i said there were three holiday episodes that have not been done the one i'm doing today is the first of the halloween or the first of the holiday episodes it's a halloween episode it's from season three, it's episode five, entitled A Dark and Stormy Night. This episode aired on October 28th, 1984. In this episode, it's a dark and stormy night as Edward encourages Rick and his friends to tell a past the ghost story. This episode has a 7.2 out of 10 rating based on 23 ratings. It was directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Duflin, Ron Levitt, the creator, also David W. Duflin, the creator, as well as the other creators, Michael G. Moy, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and written by Stephen Pritzker or Steve Pritzker. Let's see, we got Freddie making an appearance. Alfonso's also here for the ghost story. <laughs> After... This holiday episode in De- sorry guys I cannot talk today I don't know why um in November the week of Thanksgiving I will be doing a Thanksgiving episode it's a two-parter from season three it's episode seven and eight Village of the Darned parts one and two. In this episode, Ricky and Alfonso are disappointed when they're unable to go to a Thanksgiving party as Edward, Kate, and Dexter have decided to take them on a surprise trip to the Caribbean island of St. Ignace in the company plane which Kate is piloting. In part two, the Strattons make an emergency landing on a Caribbean island where they have Thanksgiving dinner. And also in December, I will be covering... Season 3, Episode 11, entitled, Twas the Night Before Christmas. It's Christmas time, but Alfonso is sad to learn he won't be spending the holidays with his mother while Freddy and his family are homeless. And then once I've completed that episode, Season 3 of Silver Spoons will be 100% finished. And in January, I will be starting Season 4 of Silver Spoons, complete with new cover art and a new theme song to kind of keep it up to date with the current season and moving forward. So looking forward to that. If you'd like to, if you're new to the podcast and you want to know where you can find out about upcoming episodes, you can go to Facebook at the Silver Spoons Podcast or together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast. You can send an email if you have if you want to talk about how much you love Silver Spoons or the podcast, you can send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. 
Also, Instagram. The podcast has an Instagram, Silver Spoons Podcast. And it also shares space on Twitter with the Punky Power PB Podcast as well. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into episode 5, A Dark and Stormy Night. Alright, so we open up the episode actually in Rick's room, which is really surprising because most of the episodes open up in the living room area. And it's kind of funny because Rick, Alfonso, and Freddy are there, yet Freddy is the only one who's actually dressed up. He's dressed up in a Zorro costume. And they're watching... Some type of horror movie. I thought it would have been like Bride of Frankenstein or something like that, but... And we see thunder flashing just outside the window there as it flashes on the wall in the door of Rick's room. And out goes the power and out goes the television. Well, I guess I don't get to see how the movie ends. That stinks. So Freddy's all like, wow, power went out. Talk about your special effects. Like, dude, it's not part of the movie. Like, well, this is a jip, Alfonso says. Like, we don't even get to finish the movie and see how it ends. So I'm going to play this clip. Boy, talk about special effects. How a failure. What a jip. I'll get my flashlight. You just happen to have one right underneath your bed. Wait a minute, what's that? Relax, Freddy, it's me. Well, it looks like the whole neighborhood's blacked out. Bummer. We're all set on watching the Halloween Monster Marathon. Well, you guys rely on TV too much. Whatever happened to your own imagination? I saw a TV show about that once. <laughs> serious. You know, I like TV as much as the next guy. But you know, your own imagination can be great. I remember when I was a counselor at Camp Al Bernstein. <laughs> I used to play a game called Pass the Ghost Story. I don't know, Dad. No, it was fun. See, the first person starts the story, and then when he got to the scary part, he passed it to the next person. Sounds complicated. worth <laughs> <laughs> a shot. I'll go first. All right. Now, let's see. This happened a long time ago, in fact, in 1891. Don't need any reasons. And the interesting thing is, it happened right here in this very <laughs> I haven't said anything scary yet, Freddy. Well, I-, I was just practicing. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. So Edward comes in, he's got a candelabra with like six candles lit, and he tells the boys, like, hey, it looks like the entire block is just out without power. And he. Rick, of course, is disappointed. He's like, man, we're going to watch this monster movie marathon on TV. And Edward's like, well, you know, back in my day, I mean, look, I enjoy TV as much as the next guy, but back in my day, you know, we used our imagination. And he says when he was a camp counselor at Camp Al Bernstein, um, they played a game called Pass the Ghost Story. And Alfonso's game for it, and Freddy's a little nervous, like, oh, that sounds complicated, because Edward says it's past the ghost story, so one person starts it, it goes to the next person to carry on the story, and so on and so forth. And Freddy's like, wow, that sounds complicated. Like, it's really not. So Edward starts the story off with saying, so Edward starts at where, this happened a long time ago, in 
1891 in this very house. And that kind of gets the story going. He starts talking about three travelers. And I notice as Edward's telling the story, Rick is eating. And I recognize the box because I have some in my fridge right now. It's the sun-made raisins. Well, I mean, I have the dark chocolate-covered yogurt-covered raisins. He probably just has the regular raisins. But I recognize the girl with the bonnet on the hat on the head. And then the yellow sunrise in the background. Even though it's dark in the room and it's really only lit by five candles, not six. Okay. Just the fact that Edward says, oh, the story actually takes place like it happened in uh, 1891 in this house. And Freddy's like, ah. And Edward kind of looks at Freddy like, I haven't even told gotten to the scary part yet. I haven't even told the story yet, Freddy. Relax. Okay. Yeah, but seriously, you start telling a story, like, oh, it happened in this very house, and you don't know the house's history, wouldn't that be kind of (laughs) spooky? Like, you're already making it sound like it's a true story. Like, yeah, then, So, three young travelers, all dressed in clothes from the late 1800s are approaching Stratton Manor with the lightning outside, the thunder, you hear some hooting owls outside. So Rick hits the doorbell and you get the dun dun da dun dun da dun da dun da dun and they're freaked out. They're like, okay, no one's home, let's get out of here. And then all of a sudden the door opens. Well if that isn't an invitation to walk inside, I honestly don't know what is. So they start walking into the house, and it's really, it's dark, there's cobwebs all over the place, and Edward makes a point of saying the house was deserted, and it looks like Count Dracula's interior decorator designed it. So Freddy freaks out because he sees a shadow on the stairs, and it turns out it's just a creepy clown figurine being illuminated by a little ball of light on this table by the stairs. And Rick goes over, like, don't worry, Freddy, we'll protect you from the scary clown. And I'm like, oh, if you guys only knew, <laughs> clowns would be feared many, many, many years later because of one Stephen King and one Pennywise, the dancing clown. Also, they didn't shut the door, so my guess is something might be coming up behind them. Not to mention there's a sarcophagus that's standing up in a corner as the boys make their way past the foyer into the actual living room. There's a fire going. Wait, no, that's Rick's lamp. Never mind. I thought there was a fire going in the fireplace, but there's not. There's a floating top hat. You know, I'm going to play this clip here. Designed by Count Dracula's interior decorator. Hello? Anybody home? (laughs) Don't worry, Freddy. We'll protect you from the vicious. 
vicious clown. They start freaking out. Freddy thinks it's a poltergeist. And Alfonso's like, oh no, what if it's a moving hat that's looking for its owner's head? Turns out it's an adorable little fluffy uh, gray and white kitten. Aww. Do we see this kitten again later? Oh, I hope so. We probably don't. But it's so cute! So Rick looks at Alfonso and Freddy's like, hey, it's just a little kitten. We don't have anything to be afraid of. But there is a coffin for a coffee table. Now Rick is going to be like, hey, there's nothing in here. I'm going to prove it to you by opening it. <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, they're just snakes. Oh, no, the door's... Oh, no. Oh no! Oh. Welcome, I am Doctor Swell. We turned to see Doctor Edgar Swell. He was a handsome figure of a man, distinguished, affable, <laughs> sensitive. Okay, seriously. Serious. A lot of fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out what's in that coffin is a bunch of those coiled snakes that, you know, kids back in the day in the cartoons, not cartoons, the um, like sitcoms would scare a teacher by putting like a can of something, they'd open it and now would pop one of those like fake snakes. But the coffin is, like, filled with them, and the boys start running, and then they end up running into a skeleton. Oh, no, after the snakes get them, they run to the door, which closes on them so they can't get out. They run back through the living room to the armoire, which they open to try to hide in it, and there's a skeleton. Now they back up, and they end up backing into, well, Edward, but he is playing a character here named Edgar. Edgar, Dr. Edgar Swell. Oh boy. Of course, Edward's got to paint himself in the greatest light here. Seeing all of his qualities. Saying how handsome he is and distinguished, affable, sensitive, and a lot of fun at parties as he smokes on that pipe, which produces bubbles. <laughs> this is a kooky episode. 
Oh, before he says a lot of fun at parties, also he lists serious. So Edgar Swell, Dr. Edward Swell, says, I wasn't expecting company. And the boys are all kind of like, uh, our bikes got stuck in the mud and then the bridge washed out. Uh, there's a storm outside. Right after the, Alfonso's was like, right after the fog rolled in. And Freddy's like, eh, but that weren't enough. And then it got real humid. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like how Edward is uh, speaking with a lisp here, taking on this persona of Dr. Edgar Swell. He's like, you boys that are welcome to spend the night. He's got a lisp. I don't know why. But I'm going to play this clip. I didn't hear you come in. I wasn't expecting <coughs> company. We didn't mean to intrude. You see, the storm came up, and our bikes got stuck in the mud. And then the flood washed out the bridge right after the fog rolled in. <laughs> and then as if that weren't enough, it got real humid. Well, you boys are certainly welcome to spend the night. Let me take your brain. Well, what? <laughs> Excuse me? I mean your baggage. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have a we don't have any. Yeah. Baggage, I mean. <coughs> then I'll just prepare your room. Seems <coughs> like a nice guy. Yeah, right. sarcophagus is going to open up. The boy's blood ran cold when they realized where the sound was coming from. It was the ancient mummy case. After centuries of dusty slumber, its door was slowly creaking open. And out stepped. Take it, Alfonso. So, Dr. Edgar Swell tells the boys they can stay the night there as he says, Oh, I'll take your brains. And they all turn and look at him like, Uh, excuse me, what, what did you just say? He's like, Oh, no, your baggage. And Rick's like, We don't have any bags with us. He's like, Well, then I'll go prepare your brooms. So the boys all sit down on the couch and we hear the creaking of the door of the sarcophagus. Which opens, and now it's Alfonso's turn to tell a story. A beautiful woman. <coughs> she was bashful, hip, Hot cocoa. 
with marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> is making up your brain. Uh -huh. I mean bed. Just one of his experiments, a 26 foot frog. Oh, God. So, as Alfonso takes over the story, we see the sarcophagus open and out pops Kate dressed as a. She looks like a goddess, like Athena or, or one of the Greek goddesses or Roman goddesses or something like that. And he starts depicting, you know, her, describing her, what she looks like. Saying how she was bashful and hip, bubbly, and very pretty for an older woman. And she just kind of like, hey, <laughs> watch it there, buddy. But then Alfonso corrects and says, oh, well, I mean, she wasn't that old. <laughs> so she tells the boys that they must leave immediately because Dr. Swell is an evil man. He's doing strange experiments with brains and animals. And then all of a sudden we hear this... Oh, before she says one of the things that uh, he is actually working on, um, Edgar, Dr. Edgar Swell comes down the stairs and says, your beds are ready. I'm going to make you some cocoa with marshmallows. And then all of a sudden we hear, oh, he says, I made your brain, I mean your beds, because he says, a lot with the brains, a lot with the brains. But then we hear this rabbit, 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 sound just like really amplified from like all parts of the the living room there and they're like what is that she's like oh that's just his 20 foot 26 foot frog that immediately made me go to the season was it season two episode two attack of the giant frog people or something like that i know season two episode one was passport to pleasure where Rick and Derek go to that um, Badger Patrol meeting in Chicago where they meet those two older girls and they go to Duran Duran. But the Attack of the Frog People is the one where uh, they put a bunch of frogs in Freddy's sleeping bag and then Rick reveals, like, I'm not really Freddy's friend. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> it really does. And Alfonso's like, and that sound? At first I thought it was a chainsaw. She's like, oh, that's a nine-foot fly, Kate tells them. And that was the frog eating the fly. The boys definitely want to hightail it out of there. Like, ah! So Rick is the one that stops the boy. says, hey, guys, we can't leave. And they're looking at Rick like, why not? Why can't we leave? He's like, well, because you never leave in the middle of a story. I thought they were gonna, he was going to say something like, we got to find that kitten. Because I, I bet anything that uh, Dr. Edgar Swell is going to operate on that kitten next. Oh, God. That poor kitten. I hope we see that kitten again. Do we see it again? I don't know. And that? That's a nine-foot fly. <laughs> that was a nine-foot fly. Stories like these, no matter how stupid it seems to stay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, rules are meant to be broken. Hmm. Get out of here. 
Oh man. rush for the door and of course what happens they go to pull on the door handle comes right off in Rick's hand and it's like man they turn and Ed Dr. Edgar Swell looks like a frog person as far as his actions are all herky jerky and it makes me think of um Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde <laughs> and the audience applauses at uh Edward's performance here as just this evil scientist. So, Alfonso's still narrating the story here. He says, all right, the three boys are now trapped at the door, cornered by Dr. Edgar Swell. And we do a, not so much a split screen, but you see, like, in the lower left corner, Ed, um, Alfonso telling Rick, Freddie, and Edward the story, and you see above them the story kind of taking place at the same time. <coughs> and so the three boys are trapped at the front door while the evil Mr. Rotten is slowly coming toward them, <coughs> step by step, <coughs> inch by inch. And <coughs> over to you, Freddie. Me? <coughs> oh no, I pass. Oh, come on, Fred, you can do it. Just use your imagination. I'm not sure I have one. No, <laughs> oh, man. Pretend you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Rotten comes toward the boys. It looked like a job for <coughs> Super Freddy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Super Freddy. And so, Super Freddy <laughs> saves the day, and they all live happily ever after. While Rick and Alfonso congratulate Super Freddy, Mr. Rotten managed to tear off yeah. Super Freddy's <laughs> end, the source of all his power, and made him an average person again. <laughs> Boys stood huddled together, paralyzed with fear. Freddy and Freddy's all like, hey, I'm Super Freddy. He opens his jacket and he's got this blue shirt on with a red circle and a black F in the middle. He's like, I'm Super Freddy. So we see in some fast motion him wrestling with Dr. Edgar Swell and they manage to get him like partially tied up and then in a last ditch effort, uh, Edgar rips off Freddy's F off of his shirt thus eliminating Freddy's powers, and now Dr. Swell has got the boys in a net and is tying them up with a rope. Like, oh boy. This episode, guys, is all kinds of kooky. Um, <laughs> uh, I gotta say, though, I will definitely put this 
higher than the Mr. President episode. Which, in my book, is one of the worst Silver Spoons episodes I've ever seen. This one is not that bad. Ah, I'm going to get your cocoa. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go away. (laughs) Boy, he sure is moody. Maybe it's too much caffeine. (laughs) It won't be long now. You shall finally have your new grave. Tonight's the night. Everything is perfect. The moon is full. It's Halloween. It's a dark and stormy night. I have nothing better to do. <laughs> Let me see now, which evil potion should I drink? Mildly annoyed, irritable, really upset, getting angry, genuine angry, berserk. New York cab driver. <laughs> Dr. Edgar Swell changes from this monster. He's like, oh, go get your cocoa. And he goes into the library where we see this table splayed out with, it's basically a Dr. Frankenstein setup where you got a sheet covering whoever's on that table. We have all different types of potions here. That range from many different levels of emotions, mainly angry emotions. But before he dr- drinks from one of these potions, he mentions about how it's Halloween, the moon is full, the night is perfect for you to get your new brain, whoever he's speaking to underneath this cloth. So there's at least like six different bottles. One says mildly annoyed, one says irritable, one says really upset. One says genuinely angry, one says berserk, and then one the other one says New York cab driver. Oh, God. The New York cab driver is the one that he picks up. Oh, there's a little white mouse in that cage. Oh. As uh, Dr. Edgar is going to take a sip of that potion, we see the white lab rat. And he's like, oh, stop nagging me, Mom. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip here as Edward is... Now going to turn into a New York cab driver. Don't do it. You know, thank you get when you drink that stuff. <laughs> oh, stop nagging me, Mom. Crazy. <laughs> and the library door burst open. 
was Mr. Rotten again. And your turn, Rick. Okay. So I'm guessing, so Dr. Edgar Swells, uh, Dr. Jekyll or Hyde or whatever the heck you want to call Alter Ego, is Dr. Rotten or Mr. Rotten. <laughs> because we we cut to the living room where Kate comes out of her esophagus, or um, her sarcophagus, excuse me, um, unties the boys, says, I told you he was evil. I mean, I may hang out all day in a sarcophagus, but I'm not crazy. And as she's trying to untie the boys, because they got a rope around them, tying all three of them together and a net over them, Mr. Rotten here comes out and he's all... <laughs> and now they pass the story to Rick. And it gets real mad. <laughs> Betrayed me for the last time. <laughs> oh no, here we go again. <laughs> Still no hot cocoa. <laughs> put her down, you fiend. What did you say? <laughs> friend. I said put her down, you friend. Mr. Rotten here takes Kate and he's going to use her, I'm guessing for her, her brain to transfer it to whoever's under the, the sheet on the table here. And Rick gets brave. He's like, put her down, you fiend. And Mr. Rotten is like, what did you call me? He's like, uh, friend, put her down, you friend. <laughs> and I, I thought that was funny. So now... Mr. Rotten's got Kate in the library, and the three boys are still tied together, so they hop over to look into the keyhole of the library door, and they see Kate there laid out on the table. It's like, oh no, what's he going to do to her now? This is actually, it's, it, it's spooky. It's a spooky, I think it's pretty, pretty dang good for a TV episode that's spooky. Oh. 
broken pieces. to get free by cutting the rope with the sword that Bell, Justin in general costume is holding. Freddy's got a spare doorknob in his hand. He runs over to the door because Rick's like, Freddy, there is no doorknob in that door. And Freddy turns and says, well, and you guys always tease me for carrying a spare doorknob in my pocket. So he goes and opens it, and I was not expecting to see this ginormous frog, basically on a big movie theater screen. Wow, that was, <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was kind of creepy. So Freddy freaks out, shuts the door, and then the boys are like, all right, let's take this coffin that's on the floor and see if we can ram the library door with it. So, of course, they go to do that, and in the minute that that coffin hits the door, it just basically breaks apart and all those um spring colorful fake snakes are in there um mr rotten dr rotten or whatever comes out of there and the boys quickly zip inside the library and shut mr rotten out of there now they start putting stuff up against the door however rick doesn't see that uh it's that classic you think that you're like, blocked the bad person out, only to find out that they're actually in the room with you helping put stuff up against the door. <laughs> that, that, that trope. Get back, run! Or else you're gonna taste this famous breadstick! <laughs> Your thing is a mess of a over, fucko! We'll see about that. <laughs> 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 Whoa. are hearing is sounds in this clip you're not really getting an idea of what's going on so i'm going to break it down for you we got dr i can never dr rotten and rick are battling with these giant huge breadsticks that actually look like more like pieces of wood it reminds me of the robin hood princess thieves movie where robin and little john are battling on that waterfall and Rick manages to get the slip up on Dr. Rotten by pulling the rug out from underneath his feet. And then they end up tussling more once they get into the library again. And Rick manages to throw Dr. Rotten against the wall of where all the um, experiment the electrical stuff is, and basically electrocutes him Carrie style. If you've seen the movie Carrie, you know at the end when she uh, 
enacts her vengeance on everybody there. And I think it's the principal. Is it the principal that gets electrocuted on the wall or something? But it's kind of just like that scenario where he's just kind of hanging there. Yeah, yeah, just like that. <laughs> we're leaving now, Ryan. And we're taking the girl with us. Look! Look! <laughs> it's Frank and Dexter. Stuffing, I like it. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> ah, this new brain is such a nice change of pace. The previous owner was a shoe salesman. Would you care for a nice pair of brown wedgies? <laughs> Cut that out! I am your master. You obey me. First, I want you to torment these people. Then I want you to go into town and give the townspeople a hard time. <laughs> I want you to pick me up a loaf of brains. He means bread. I mean brains. <laughs> All right, let's go. Chop, chop. Come on. No, please. No, thank you. No, how's your new brain? <laughs> That's the problem with you mad scientists. You're so rude and insensitive. Well, this is one monster who's not going to be pushed around anymore. His uh, Dr. Rotten, Mr. Rotten, <laughs> his experiment lives. And he ends up turning on Dr. Rotten, which is just as well. He's like, oh, I want you to go and terrorize these people. Then I want you to go into town and terrorize the townsfolk and then pick me up a loaf of brains. And Rick's like, oh, I think he means bread. And no, uh, he turns on Rick and says, no, I mean brains. And then... Uh, Frankenstuffins goes and just starts ch choking out Doctor um, Doctor Edgar Swell slash Mister Rotten, who opens the door to reveal the giant frog on a movie theater screen, and the frog eats him. And I love the line that Frankenstuffins mutters, "Those who live by the frog die by the frog." <laughs> The end question mark. Okay, so it looks like we're getting back to present day here with them all still huddled around that uh, candelabra with five candles. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like it. Great story. Great story. Wait a minute. Rick, you never said what happened to the mad doctor and Frankenstein's the monster. <laughs> you have to leave something for a sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forget that! Let's tell another ghost story! I'll turn out the lights! I get to go first! 
was an even darker and stormier night. Everyone thought that Frankenstuffin's monster was gone, <coughs> but they were wrong. It was coming back. Oh my god! <laughs> marathon monster movie marathon and they're like oh heck no let's tell another story because freddie's like well we didn't hear about what happened to dr mr rotten and the monster and rick's like well yeah but you gotta leave something open for a sequel so they decided like to turn out the lights and like continue with the story so freddie starts going saying that um frank and stuff and monsters come back of course you hear this thump 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 up the stairs and it's like oh no what is it and dexter comes in dresses frankenstein scares the holy bejesus out of all of them and then edward takes on that dr rotten dr edgar swell persona <laughs> and they just kind of look at him like oh boy <laughs> This was a good episode. I, I thought it was fun. I hope that kitten was okay, that it found a home. Maybe it was someone else's kitten. They brought it to the set. I don't know. But it was definitely a good episode. As far as for the train rating, hmm, I'm going to give it a four out of five just because of the creativity. The only thing I would probably knock off would be... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to give it a 5 out of 5. I liked the setting. I loved the characters. It kept me wondering what was going to happen. I like how it kind of tied in at the end. They kind of brought it back with like, hey, let's continue on talking with, you know, make a sequel to it and everything like that. So the boys were like, well, we, we don't want to watch the movie marathon. Let's like continue with the ghost story. And the costumes were really great. And Joel Higgins did an amazing job. And I love that little kitten, by the way, too. That was also my favorite in there. Um, but it was just, it was fun. We got to see a different side of the characters and it was just definitely hands down a lot better than the Mr. President episode. <laughs> um, uh, Silver Spoonful for this episode is definitely going to go to just saying, yeah, sometimes you don't got it. You know, that's the thing. You don't always got to watch TV. You can use your imagination and just think about how far you can take a story with a past the ghost story. I just, I think that's so cool. I've never done anything like that. Um, those scary stories to tell in the dark by Elvin um, Schwartz. Elvin Schwartz, but um, those are really spooky that are perfect for telling around either a campfire or just just in a dark room with candles lit or something like that. It just this was just the perfect episode for this time of year, and I had a lot of fun with it. So in November around Thanksgiving, I'm gonna be doing the two part. Village of the Darned, where they go to a Caribbean island off of St. Ignace for Thanksgiving. And I'm going to put the two, two parts going to be in one episode. So 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I had fun with it. I know it's a lot of sounds and stuff that you couldn't make out, but I hopefully I did my best to explain kind of what was going on and everything. So, all right, everybody. Have a great Halloween. And have a great rest of what's left of 2019. Just remember, if you're taking the kiddos out trick-or-treating or you're trick-or-treating yourself, just be safe. And have a great time. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody.